Good morning. Thank you, Jim Miller, for helping us to take a little trip with Jesus across the Sea of Galilee this morning. The Sea of Galilee is small compared to most seas. It is about 15 miles long and 8 miles wide. But its relatively small size is of no comfort when one is in the middle of it in a perilous storm in the middle of the night, as the disciples find themselves in our reading from the book of Matthew. Today, I want to primarily focus on the first portion of this scripture. In our scripture, we are told immediately after the amazing feeding of the 5,000 that we considered last week, that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side of the sea while he dismissed the crowd. He made them get into the boat. Remember that a third of the disciples were professional fishermen. They understood the ins and outs of their job. So it is interesting that the word made is used in verse 22. Did Jesus actually have to make them get in the boat? Did he compel them against their natural inclinations or will? If we consider that to be a possibility, then let's also consider why Jesus would have to make them. Perhaps they were tired after a long day of ministry. They had just fed 5,000 people, after all. Or maybe they already noticed the storm brewing, and fishermen don't go out on open waters during a storm. Have you ever felt like God actually led you into a storm? Have you ever felt like God actually led you into a storm? Then we are told Jesus goes up on the mountainside to finally get a chance to be by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. He is seemingly distant from the disciples and settled in for the evening. We are told at that point that the boat was already a considerable distance from land. Mark's version of this story says that they were in the middle of the sea, at least, therefore, four miles from shore. Mark also adds an interesting detail in his version of this story that somehow in the middle of the night from a great distance, Jesus actually saw them toiling in rowing, rowing hard and struggling against the wind. Jesus actually saw them in Mark's version of this story. But then we are told in the early morning, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. One of the translations uses the phrase, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Biblical researchers share that the first watch began at six o'clock in the evening and lasted till nine. The second ended at midnight and the third at 3 a.m., and the fourth began at 3 a.m. and ended at 6 in the morning. 
So this implies that Jesus arrived between 3 and 6 a.m. Given, given that, let's imagine that the disciples' night, what that might have been like. The scripture implies they were sent out just after they had finished eating in the early evening. A major storm arises while they are in the middle of the sea, about four miles from any shore. Based on the average time it takes to row that far out, it is estimated that they, they would find themselves in this predicament at about 11 o'clock or midnight. So this begs some questions. Why did Jesus wait until the fourth watch of the night after 3 a.m. to respond to their prayers? Why did he not go to them immediately? Surely they were praying that whole time. Surely he knew that they were in the storm. One account even says he actually saw them, right? Could Jesus' delay in coming to them be intentional? Surely we have each experienced this kind of seemingly unnecessary waiting. Ophelia Adams wrote a hymn back in the 1940s called Unanswered Yet the Prayer, in which she shared this encouragement for those sorts of times. She says, prayer unanswered yet, nay, do not say ungranted. Perhaps your part is not yet wholly done. The work began when first your prayer was uttered, and God will finish what he has begun. Though years have passed since then, do not despair. God's glory you shall see sometime, somewhere. Now, surely if Ophelia had been on that boat with the disciples that night, her words would have seemed little comfort in a perilous storm at sea at midnight. The disciples may have even wanted to toss her over, overboard, in fact, if she started singing that one. It seems the disciples' faith had been lost overnight, literally, between their experience of feeding the 5,000 and Christ's arrival walking on water to the boat. They didn't even recognize Jesus and thought he was a ghost on the sea when he arrived. When they saw something coming toward them on the water, they had by then given up on the possibility that he would come to save them. You see, in their minds, the timing was wrong to see Jesus at this point. It was too late. He would have answered before now. Surely he would not have left them in this scary place overnight. They're his inner circle, after all. But Jesus had sent them into the storm in the first place. He didn't do some weather-predicting feat and then change their route in the moment to prevent them from being in the storm. But he did calm the storm waters, and he did use those same waters as an opportunity to teach the disciples what they were capable of.
I encourage you to not feel abandoned by God when your prayers feel unanswered. Jesus' own prayer that the cup of suffering be removed from him was not answered. Paul's prayer that his thorn in the flesh be removed was not answered. And try to remember their words. Not my will, but yours be done. And God's answer, my grace is sufficient. Surely you've got another answer, God, you might think in these moments. Most often, you can expect Jesus to come to your rescue only after other means of rescue are gone. We might imagine the fourth watch of this gospel story to represent those times of hopelessness and helplessness we all feel from time to time. The disciples on the storm-ravaged sea that night by the fourth watch were exhausted. They were physically exhausted. They had fought the storm for several hours already. Their prayers were exhausted. Surely they had fervently prayed throughout their ordeal. Their expectations were exhausted. Certainly they had expected a more prompt response to their emergency. Their hope was exhausted. If Jesus was coming, he would have come before now. And their faith was exhausted. When Christ finally appeared, they thought he was a ghost, playing tricks on their minds. We all face our fourth watches. These are times of despair when Jesus often comes to us. These are the sorts of moments when Jesus often comes to us and we are prone to not recognize his arrival because we are exhausted of waiting. Think of people elsewhere in scripture that had Jesus arrive only after the fourth watch. We are told the woman with the issue of blood had exhausted all means of healing when Jesus came to her. The penitent thief on the cross was certainly in a hopeless situation when Christ forgave him and told him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. When we are in our fourth watch moments, we become afraid Like Peter in our story, who stepped out in faith on the water, we end up eventually being overtaken by the sources of our fear, more so than the source of our life, and we begin to sink in despair. Peter's experience as he steps out of the boat that night demonstrates Christ's assurance in our fourth watch circumstances when our faith is exhausted. Peter demonstrates that human fear and frailty can easily turn around a would-be miraculous moment. To doubt and be afraid is a natural thing for humans to do. God knows this. And so, too, is the natural impulse to step out in faith that Peter also demonstrates. From the beginning, fear attempted to steal the scene. 
Jesus had the ultimate last word, though, taking action that moved Peter beyond his fear and safely placing him in the boat, in the boat, ready to worship the one who had saved him, even in the midst of his fear and lack of faith. Does today feel like a fourth watch moment in your life? Surely this year has felt that way. Let us pray then for our hope to be restored. If you aren't feeling so much that you are personally in a fourth watch time in your life, let's pray together for for those who are. Will you pray with me? Oh God, we are feeling helpless right now. You know the power of the storms we face. You see us toiling in rowing. You know our growing confusion and questions. Please help us to hold tight to you and continue to know you are at work even now even in this fourth watch of the night for us. Help us not to despair. Help us each to know when you come to us. Help us not to see you as a hallucination. Help us not to see your answer, whatever it may be, as a coincidence or a happenstance. Help us to be patient and hopeful and trusting. Help us to hear you say in our spirits, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And help us to step out of the boat knowing regardless of the ups and downs of our faith, you are present with us in all circumstances. May it be so in our hearts and in our neighbors' hearts as well. Amen.